be much harm in Billy, nor much change. Seems as if he might live to be old Kafuzalum. No, I guess it's healthy. There's a boat coming now, said I. She's right in the pass. Looks to be a sixteen-foot whale. Two white men in the stern sheets. That's the boat that drowned Whistling Jimmy, cried the captain. Let's see the glass. Yes, that's Case, sure enough, and the darky. They've got a gallows bad reputation, but you know what a place the beach is for talking. My belief that Whistling Jimmy was the worst of the trouble, and he's gone to glory, you see. <laughs> What'll you bet they ain't after gin? Lay you five to two, they take six cases. When these two traders came aboard, I was pleased with the looks of them at once, or rather, with the looks of both, and the speech of one. I was sick for white neighbours after my four years at the line, which I always counted years of prison. Getting tabooed and going down to the speak house to see and get it taken off, buying gin and going on a break and then repenting, sitting in the house at night with a lamp for company, or walking on the beach and wondering what kind of a fool to call myself for being where I was. There were no other whites upon my island, and when I sailed to the next, rough customers made the most of the society. Now, to see these two when they came aboard was a pleasure. One was a negro, to be sure, but they were both rigged out smart in striped pajamas and straw hats, and Case would have passed muster in a city. He was yellow and smallish, had a hawk's nose to his face, pale eyes, and his beard trimmed with scissors. No man knew his country beyond he was of English speech, and it was clear he came of a good family and was splendidly educated. He was accomplished, too, played the accordion first-rate, and give him a piece of string or a cork or a pack of cards, and he could show you tricks equal to any professional. He could speak, when he chose, fit for a drawing-room. And when he chose, he could blaspheme worse than a Yankee bosun and talk smart to sicken a Kanaka. The way he thought would pay best at the moment, that was Casey's way, and it always seemed to come natural, and like as if he was born to it. He had the courage of a lion and the cunning of a rat, and if he's not in hell today, there's no such place. I know but one good point to the man, that he was fond of his wife and kind to her. She was a Samoa woman, and dyed her hair red, Samoa style. And when he came to die, as I have to tell of, they found one strange thing, that he had made a will like a Christian, and the widow got the lot. All his, they said, and all Black Jack's, and most of Billy Randall's in the bargain, for it was Case that kept the books. So she went off home in the schooner Manua, and does the lady to this day in her own place. But of all this on that first morning I knew no more than a fly. Case used me like a gentleman and like a friend, made me welcome to Felisa, and put his services at my disposal, which was the more helpful from my ignorance of the native. All the better part of the day we sat drinking better acquaintance in the cabin, and I never heard a man talk more to the point. There was no smarter trader, and none dodgier in the islands. I thought Felisa seemed to be the right kind of a place, and the more I drank, the lighter my heart. Our last trader had fled the place at half an hour's notice, taking a chance passage in a labour ship from up west. The captain, when he came, had found the station closed, the keys left with a native pastor, 
and a letter from the runaway confessing he was fairly frightened of his life. Since then, the firm had not been represented, and of course there was no cargo. The wind, besides, was fair. The captain hoped he could make his next island by dawn, with a good tide, and the business of landing my trade was gone about lively. There was no call for me to fool with it, Case said. Nobody would touch my things. Everyone was honest in Falesa, only about chickens or an odd knife or an odd stick of tobacco, and the best I could do was to sit quiet till the vessel left, then come straight to his house, see old Captain Randall, the father of the beach, take potluck, and go home to sleep when it got dark. So it was high noon, and the schooner was under way before I set my foot on shore at Falesa. I had a glass or two on board. I was just off a long cruise, and the ground heaved under me like a ship's deck. The world was like all new painted. My foot went along to music.